0: Welcome back, my nighttime friends, to another episode of Sleepy Time Stories, the podcast that reads stories from video games in order to help you get to sleep at night. I know it's been a little while since I released an episode of this show, and I wanted to explain at the beginning of this episode why that is, and what's going on. At the Robots Radio Podcast Network, we have been growing. There are a lot of shows on our network now, 14 to be precise, 14 high quality shows about video games and movies, even some radio theater. And that has been my main focus over these last few months. Really getting that off the ground and growing. And so, for a time, I've put shows like Sleepy Time Stories on the back burner. Until just recently. I pulled up the stats for the show, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that in these two months, you, the listeners, have been listening and downloading and playing these episodes far more often than I expected. So, I just want to say thanks. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing these shows. And when you come up with a crazy idea like Sleepy Time Stories, where we read the actual books from inside video games, As a a way, as a means of getting you to sleep. You don't always know if that's going to resonate with people. If it will even make sense. And you're proving that it does. And I appreciate that. So at the beginning of this episode, before we get into the meat and the stories I just wanted to say thank you thank you for listening to these shows and if you listen to any of the other shows on the network thank you for giving these shows a chance it's hard to find an audience and I really do appreciate you At least giving the shows a shot. You can find out more about all the different shows at robotsradio.net. And now, because I hadn't really gotten the chance to do this yet, I want to read through some of the reviews that some of you have been so kind to leave on iTunes. And this will be something that in the future, if you would like to get your review on the show, just leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And in a future episode, I will read it on the show. And you too can contribute to helping other people get a wonderful night's sleep. So let's go back to the first review that we got. It came in from a user named Not You as Well from Great Britain. And they wrote, "Love this!" exclamation mark. I absolutely love this podcast. I've been wanting something like this for a while now, since I've been listening to ESO lore podcasts, Elder Scrolls Online lore podcasts. I suffer with many physical and mental health problems, and this podcast helps me relax. Switch off and go to sleep, all while thinking of my favorite fandom. The ESO lore cast is also excellent, especially the recent interviews. Thank you, not you as well. I'm glad that this podcast is working for you. It was a shot in the dark. I thought, you know what? There's an opportunity here to help people get to sleep, and I couldn't find any other shows that were similar to this. So I thought I'd give it a try. Next up, we have Air Empty from the United States, who writes, Amazing. I know this podcast is meant to listen to at night and for sleeping, but I am a ride share driver and that's when I have to listen to podcasts. So I listen to all of Robot's podcasts, and this is just amazing. Thank you, Air Empty for your kind words, and I'm happy to help your day go by while at work, driving others around. Next we have a review from seb 72726 from the United States. writes best sleep aid man if you're ever stressed out give this podcast a listen and you'll be calmed right down it'll also get you right to sleep keep the stories coming well thanks Seb that's what I'm doing I'm recording some new episodes to help you get to sleep. And remember, if you can't fall asleep in the length of one episode, then set your podcast player to either repeat the episode or to automatically move on to the next episode or the previous episode. Chances are... It'll just keep helping you sleep. So next we have a review from Lord Marksman from the United States who simply writes, Sleep. Five stars. Some of these stories are nightmare fuel, but I love it. Yeah, some of these stories get pretty crazy, kind of dark what I like about them. And if you're anything like me, then maybe you'll find that relaxing in some strange way, taking your mind off of the real problems in the world. Thanks, Lord Marksman, for noting that. And last, our most recent review that just came in from A.E. Coulter in the United States, and they write story with music. Love the soft music in the background, been trying to find something like this for so long. Well, A.E. Coulter, I'm glad you found the show, I love the twinkly little Piano notes in the background. And when I discovered that track, I thought, this is absolutely perfect. It's not too repetitive, it creates this wonderful tone. It's not too quick. And it helps me focus as well. Sometimes, When I listen back through an episode, and I do this with a lot of my shows, because I want to make sure that the quality is good, that I'm putting out good content. And I will listen back through an episode like this, trying to get in the mindset of somebody who is seeking sleep, and not just listening to these shows from an intellectual standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint, what is my natural reaction, how do I feel when I hear that music, when I hear a voice softly reading a story. And sometimes I feel like, you know what? This really does work. I feel relaxed. I can feel the tension release from my shoulders and my breathing become consistent and slow down. I hope that you feel the same. As I read through these next stories, think about how you're breathing. Focus on a single thing. Focus on the sound of my voice and the nice rhythmic nature of your breath and relax your muscles start with the very top of your head and work down very slowly relaxing the muscles in your neck and then get to your shoulders and release the tension of the day. Release that energy out of your shoulders and then down your arms and your back as it slowly move down your body. All of your muscles, think of each muscle group, one at a time, and now we're into your lower back, and down to your hands, release that energy, relax those muscles, down through your legs, past your knees, right into your feet, let it all release. Now this episode, for this week, we will be discussing some wonderful stories about Sheogorath, the Daedric Prince of Madness, and some of his interactions with the other Daedric Princes. This is a book called The Sixteen Accords of Madness. And in the games, in the Elder Scrolls games, we don't have every volume. But we do have some. We will be starting with Volume 6. And it goes like this. Ever proud and boastful. Oblivion's mad prince stood one-fifth day of mid-year among the frigid peaks of Skyrim, and beckoned forth her scene for parley. The huntsman god materialized, for this was his day, and the boldness of Sheogorath intrigued him. Rye without equal, Sheogorath holds in his realm, giggling loons, flamboyant auteurs, and craven mutilators. The mad prince will ply profitless bargains and promote senseless bloodshed for nothing more than the joy of another's confusion, tragedy or rage. So it was that Sheogorath had set a stage on which to play himself as rival to her scene. Without haste, the coy prince preferred his contest. Each prince was to groom a beast. To meet at this place again, three years to the hour, to do fatal battle. Expressionless behind his fearsome countenance, her scene agreed, and with naught but a dusting of snow in the drift, the princes were gone to their realm confident but knowing she for a trickster her scene secretly bred an abomination in his hidden realm an ancient daedroth he summoned and imbued it with the foul curse of lycanthropy of pitch heart and jagged fang The unspeakable horror had no peer, even among the great hunters of her scene's sphere. In the third year, on the given day, her scene returned, where Sheogorath leaned, cross-legged on a stone, whistling with idle patience. The prince of the hunt struck his spear to the ground, bringing forth his unnatural, snarling behemoth. Doffing his cap, sly as ever, Sheagorath stood and stepped aside to reveal a tiny, colorful bird perched atop the stone, demurely it chirped in the bristling gusts, scarcely audible. In a twisted, springing heap, the daydroth was upon the stone, leaving only rubble where the boulder had been, thinking itself victorious the monster's bloodied maw curled into a mock grim. When a subdued song drifted in the crisp air, the tiny bird lightly hopped along the snout of the furious Daedroth. Sheagorath looked on, quietly mirthful, as the diminutive creature picked up a bit of detritus caught in scales betwixt the fiery eyes of the larger beast. With howling fury, the were-thing blinded itself, trying to pluck away the nuisance, and so it continued for hours, seen looking on in shame while his finest beast gradually destroyed itself, in pursuit of the seemingly oblivious bird, all the while chirping a mournful tune to the lonesome range. Livid but beaten, her scene burned the ragged corpse and withdrew to his realm swearing in forgotten tongues. His curses still hang in those peaks and no wayfarer tarries for fear of his wrathful aspect in those obscured heights. Turning on his heel, Sheagoroth beckoned the minuscule songbird to perch atop his shoulder and strolled down the mountain making for the warm breezes and vibrant sunsets of the Abatian coast, whistling in tune with the tiniest champion in Tamriel. Our next story is a little bit longer and more complex. It comes from Volume 9 and it goes like this. Darius Shano found himself running as fast as he could. He had no idea what he was running from or towards, but he didn't care. The desire saturated his mind. There was nothing in the world except flight he looked around for landmarks anything to place himself or to use as a target but to no avail the featureless grasslands through which he was sprinting extended as far as the eye could see just have to keep running he thought to himself i have to run as fast as i can on And on he ran, with no end in sight, or in mind. Standing over Darius Shano, while he lay quietly in his bed, were his mistress, Vermina the Dreamweaver, and the mad god Sheogorath. Through dreams of inspiration, I have nurtured literary talent into fruition. And now he stands in acclaim as an emerging bard and poet. He will gain much favor before I tire of him. Sheogorath, too, gazed at the young Breton artist and saw that he was indeed famous among other mortals. Hmm, mused Sheogorath. But how many are there who hate this mortal whom you have built? It is the hatred of mortals which confirms greatness, and not their love. Surely you can accomplish this as well." Vermina's eyes narrowed. Yes, the mortals are indeed often foolish and petty. And it is true that many of their most bold have been despised. Do not worry, mad one, for I have the power to achieve many forms of greatness with this one. Hatred among them. Perhaps, Dreamweaver, it would be amusing to show who has this power. Inspire foolish, arrogant hatred of this mortal for ten years, and then I will do the same. We shall see whose talents are most efficient, free of aid or interference from any of the Daedra." At this she relaxed into confident pleasure. The Mad God is indeed powerful, but this task is suited to my skills. The mortals are repulsed by madness, but rarely think it worthy of hate. I shall take pleasure in revealing this to you, as I bring the more subtle horrors out of this mortal subconsciousness. And so, in the 19th year of his life, the dreams Dario Shano had been experiencing began to change Fear had always been part of the night for him, but now there was something else. A darkness began to creep into his slumber. A darkness that sucked away all feeling and color, leaving only emptiness behind. When this happened, he opened his mouth to scream, but found that the darkness had taken his voice as well. All he had was the terror and the void, and each night they filled him with a new understanding of death. Yet when he woke, there was no fear, for he had faith that his lady had a purpose. Indeed, one night Vermina herself emerged from the void. She leaned in close to whisper into his ear, Watch carefully, my beloved. With that, she pulled the void away, and for hours, each night, she would reveal to Darius the most horrible perversions of nature men being skinned and eaten alive by other men, unimaginable beasts with many limbs and mouths, entire populations being burned. Their screams filled his every evening. In time, these visions gnawed at his soul, and his work began to take on the character of his nightmares. The images revealed to him at night were produced on the page and the terrible cruelty and hollow vice that his work contained both revolted and fascinated the public. They reveled in their disgust over every detail. There were those who openly enjoyed his shocking material and his popularity among some only fed the hatred of those who found him abhorrent. This continued for several years, while the infamy of Darius grew steadily. Then, in his twenty-ninth year, without warning, the dreams and nightmares ceased. Darius felt a weight lifted, as he no longer endured the nightly tortures, but was confused. What have I done to displease my mistress? He wondered aloud. Why has she abandoned me? Vermina never answered his prayers. No one ever answered, and the restless dreams faded away to leave Darius in long, deep sleeps. Interest in the works of Darius Shana waned. His prose became stale and his ideas failed to provoke the shock and outrage they once had. As the memory of his notoriety, of his terrible dreams faded, the questions that raced in his mind eventually produced Resentment against Vermina, his former mistress. Resentment grew into hatred. From hatred came ridicule, and over time, ridicule became disbelief. Slowly it became obvious, Vermina had never spoken to him at all. His dreams were simply the product of a sick mind that had righted itself. He had been deceived by his own subconscious, and the anger and shame overwhelmed him. The man who once conversed with a deity drifted steadily into heresy. In time, all of the bitterness, doubt, and sacrilege focused in Darius, a creative philosophy that was dreaded throughout all Of his subsequent work, he challenged the gods themselves as well as the infantile public and corrupt state for worshipping them. He mocked them all with perverse caricatures, sparing no one and giving no quarter. He challenged the gods in public to strike him down if they existed and ridiculed them when no such comeuppance was delivered. To all of this, the people reacted with outrage, far greater than they had shown his previous work. His early career had offended only sensibilities, but now he was striking directly at the heart of the people. His body of work grew in size and intensity, temples, nobles, and commoners were all targets of his scorn. Finally. At age 39, Darius wrote a piece entitled The Noblest Fool, ridiculing the emperor god Tiber Septim for integrating into the pathetic Nine Divines cult. The local king of Dania, who had been humiliated by this upstart in the past, saw his chance. For his sacrilege against the Empire, Dario Shano was executed with a ceremonial blade in front of a cheering crowd of hundreds. His last bitter words were gurgled through a mouthful of his own blood. Twenty years after their wager was first placed, Vermina and Sheogorath met over Darius Shano's headless corpse. The Dreamweaver had been eager for this meeting. She had been waiting for years to confront the Daedric Prince over his lack of action. I have been deceived by you, Sheogorath. I performed my half of the bargain, but during your ten years you never contacted the mortal once. He owes none of his greatness to you, or your talents, or your influence. Nonsense, croaked the mad god. I was with him all along. When your time ended and mine began, your whispers in his ears were replaced with silence. I severed his link to that from which he found the most comfort and meaning and withheld the very attention the creature so desperately craved. Without his mistress, this man's character could ripen under resentment and hatred. Now his bitterness is total, and overcome by madness, fueled by his rage, he feeds me in my realm as an eternal servant. Sheogorath turned and spoke to the empty space by his side. Indeed, Dario Shano was a glorious mortal, despised by his own people, his kings, and even by the gods he mocked. For my success, I shall accept three score followers of Vermina, into my service and the dreamers will awaken as madmen. And thus did Sheogoreth teach Vermina that without madness there are no dreams and no creation. Vermina will never forget this lesson. Thanks for tuning in again friends to another episode of Sleepy Time Stories and remember if you're interested in some other shows on the network check out robotsradio.net and tune in next time I have a feeling we'll continue some of these stories let me know what you think and if you get a chance leave a review on iTunes. It helps a lot, and I highly appreciate it. Have a wonderful night. Sleep well. And hopefully if Vermina visits you in your sleep, she'll give you some of the better, more inspiring dreams. See you next time.